welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Amen. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. We're in the book of Judges, chapter 6. Judges, chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. And I'll just kind of set up the scene here. This is... During a very oppressive time in Israel's history, their enemies, the Midianites, have been oppressing them as a result of their evil deeds in the eyes of God. And uh, so for, for seven years, Midian is overpowering Israel. Maybe you felt that way before. Maybe you felt like something has been overpowering you. Maybe in 2019, man, something overpowered you. And, and the Midianites would devour their crops. They would kill Israel's livestock. And verse 6 of chapter 6 says that Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people cried out to God. So that's usually how it happens, right? When, when we're at our lowest, that's when we, when we cry out to God. When things can be better, and many, off, many times things can be better, that's when we cry out to God. So that's where Israel was. Uh, but God was about to do something new. Amen. Man, I, I know that we're constantly hoping that God does something new in our lives. You hoping that God something does something different in your life? I mean, we've been talking about new things for our church and our household. You know, uh, our, our goals, Melissa and I, we always kind of talk about our, the, the, the year's goals. And we, we took a stroll through the park this time and we actually... We are. We have a plan for twenty uh, for, for for the twenty the twenties, the next decade. We got them all planned out, right? God, He's laughing up there. He's, <laughs> uh, but but we talked about it, and and you know we we talk about where we want to be, and so we're always excited when God is going to do something new, or, or rather, we we hope that He's going to do something new. But a lot of times we make our goals and we receive a word from God, and we think, well, how's that going to happen? I mean, these are big goals. That's a big word that I just received from God. But how is that going to happen? And, and that's kind of the setting here with this young man named Gideon. So you have your Bibles there. Chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. It says this. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizurite, while his son Gideon was beating out the wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Amen. Let's pray over this word. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, Father God, that you give us open hearts And an open mind, Father God, to receive what your spirit has for your people, Father God. I pray, Lord, that this this word may fall on fertile ground, my God, so that it may grow, Father God, and it may impact our lives, not just today, my God, but for the future. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. I've entitled today's message, Look at the Facts. Look at the facts. One of the many, many things that will keep you from moving into your future with hope and faith is by looking at the reality of where you are today and where you've been in the past. Did you get that? Facts tend to distract us from faith. And I like facts. I'm a facts guy. I will fact check you all day. There's some times where like the preacher's preaching and he says something and I'm on my phone. Like, I don't think that's right. Like I, I, I'm a facts guy. I don't just say things if I don't know that they're facts. In fact, a lot of times I allow facts to distract my faith. And, and facts are good because what do they do? They paint an accurate picture of what's been or, or what is. But I need to understand that when God is on my side, facts are only a very small part of the equation. They're not everything. And, and so you need to know that, that when God has give you, given you vision or when he's given you goals and he's called you to something or put something in your heart, that the facts of what's been and what currently is don't really matter that much. They don't matter that much. You think they do. But God doesn't really pay them much mind. So when God shows you something, but then you get real because you're looking at the facts and you inadvertently choose facts over faith. Am I preaching to anyone yet? I I I don't know what God has promised to you this year. I don't know what God has promised for your future and the years to come. But maybe he's given you a word and you're not really thrilled about it because you really don't believe it because you're looking at the facts. And, and, and maybe you have a dream. You've always had this dream to start your own business. But the facts say 50% of new businesses fell within the first five years. The facts say well, I don't have any startup capital. The facts say I don't know anything about business. Maybe you received a word that you were going to have children, but the facts say, I can't have kids. The facts say, I, I, don't, I don't know if I like kids. I don't know if I want kids. You, you know, we introduced the, the, the vision this past Sunday and, and that we want to renovate uh, both this building, that building. We want to do something completely different because it's been about 20 years since we've even touched anything. The facts say we don't have that money. That's a fact. The facts say that, that, that year after year, we only have enough to survive, not even thrive. But, someone say but. but. If the facts were all anyone considered, listen, Sarah would have never had children. Moses would have never went back to Egypt. Job would have never made it through his hell while being faithful to God. David would have never been king. Facts aren't everything. But we give them everything. Because of the facts, we have our doubts. Because of the facts, we have our fears. We get our analysis paralysis, right? But God is bigger than your facts, man. And and, and verse 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. I want you to get that part. O mighty man of valor. How has God credited you? Have you thought about that? What, what, what do you have that, that, that God qualifies as worthy enough to call you to something? 
What do you have? Because you look at your life and you're like, man, what do I have? I'm no good. Moses did the same thing. God, what do I have? I'm no good. But you obviously have something there because God called you to something. And if you study the people's stories in, in, in Scripture, you see that, that certain people have certain qualities that make them favored by God. Job had faithfulness. Probably more faithfulness than anyone else in his day. Mary and Joseph had obedience. David had courage. Hannah, who was begging for a child for so many years, had patience. What do you have? What do you have? Gideon had valor. He says, Almighty man of valor. The Hebrew word that's used for valor is, is used to signify strength and capability. Everybody has something different. You have something that I, I don't have. Uh, Joel has something that Pastor Damaris doesn't have. Uh, pa- Pastor Marisa has something that, that uh, Mari doesn't have. We all have something different. But when it comes to the negative, we all have something in common. And what is that? That's that we all look at the facts. And the first thing that Gideon does is he looks at his past Because the past tells a very accurate story. It already happened. It's a fact. It happened. And and so Gideon says, um, uh, Lord, if you are with us, why then has all this happened to us? We always look at what's happened. And we think it's an indication of what's going to happen. How am I supposed to believe that that 2020 is my year when the past years have been so hard? How am I supposed to have hope in in a future when my past is constantly a disappointment? And we look at, at what's happened and we think that that is an indication of what's going to happen tomorrow, even though God says something differently. Let me tell you something, church. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your yesterday is not your tomorrow. Yesterday is yesterday. Tomorrow is your future. Tomorrow. God said to Jeremiah, I have plans for your, for your tomorrow. He didn't mention anything about yesterday. I have hope for you. I have plans to give you a future. He didn't even mention the past. But why do we stay stuck in the past? Because we look at the facts. And too many times we confuse yesterday with tomorrow. Well, if things were like this yesterday, they're probably going to be like this tomorrow. And and, and look, I I do have to offer this caveat here, okay? Because what I'm preaching this morning, man, God God revealed it to me and it's it's truth. I'm I'm preaching truth, okay? I'm not afraid to say it. I'm preaching truth this morning. But I have to offer this caveat, okay? Um, If you're still doing the things that resulted in your past mistakes, you're probably going to make another mistake, like that one, right? Because you don't learn anything. If, if I'm, I'm teaching Layla how to, how to ride a bike and she keeps on falling, the only way that she's going to stop falling is by changing the method that she was using when she was falling. Duh. If, if I'm a parent and I see my, my, my daughter putting all her weight on the left side and she keeps on falling, it's dumb of me to say, do that again. Get up, try again. No, it, it, it's better if I say, get up, do it differently. Because if you do it differently, 
then you might not fall. Because all you're doing is repeating the same mistake. When I, when I used to give music lessons, and there was a time you know, I, had like, I had like 50 plus students in, in a week, and it was exhausting, and that's probably why I don't really give lessons anymore. Uh, but every single one, I can't think of a single one that didn't ask me the same question. How many hours a week should I be practicing? How many hours a week? And I, I, I told them all the same thing. I told them the time that you put into something isn't as important as the quality of what you're putting your time into. Because you can, you can practice for 5, 10, 15 hours a week, but you can be practicing the wrong way, and all you're doing is teaching yourself bad habits. You're not learning anything. People like to read their Bible for like a certain amount of time, right? They set their timers. All right, 30 minutes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, starting 2020 off right, I'm going to do it in the morning. 30 minutes a day. And then you, you're dazing off. You're daydreaming. You don't even know what you just read. That 30 minutes means nothing. You wasted your time. The time isn't what's important. It's the quality of the time that you're using. So if you think that it's going to be different this time, because time has taught you the lessons, but you're still going to continue the habits that contributed to your past mistakes, well, then your future isn't very bright. Teach that to your kids. So when God gives you a vision, church, or when God gives you hopes and dreams and goals or a calling over your life, and you're looking at your past and you're saying, but God, look at what happened in the past. God expects you to make a change. He, he, he's expecting you to change your habits. In the case of Israel, what contributed to their, to their fall? It was their past mistakes. It was their disobedience. It was they were not loyal or faithful to God. But if they changed their ways, like that, that, that verse in Colossians 7.14, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will prosper them. And, and then all of a sudden, all the things that you can't control, you don't really have to worry about because I control those things, God says. Just worry about what you can control. So if God has promised you that he's going to get you to point B from point A, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But if you don't change the ways that have made it impossible for you to get the blessing before, it's not going to happen again. So my point is, The past doesn't determine your future, but your present does. Still with me, right? And so if my present says, okay, God, I'm I'm willing to do what you need me to do. All I have to do is worry about God coming through. And believe me, God's going to come through. The past doesn't really matter when God is dictating your future. But then, let's keep on going. Still with me, right? I, I, I love this word. I'm having fun with this one. We still look at the facts, and we're going to get the facts from somewhere, even if it's not our past. So if the past isn't the excuse, it's the present. And and God says in verse 14, he says, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. So again, God is qualifying him. You're, You're a mighty man, Gideon. You have something that perhaps... You don't see, but I see it very well, and that's why I'm calling you. And Gideon says, please, Lord, how am I supposed to save Israel? My clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my father's house. How many times has God called us to something? We're like, but I'm not the smartest. 
How am I going to have these goals for a bright future, for a prosperous year? But I'm not the smartest. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm not the most educated. I don't have a lot of influence. You know, my, my Instagram posts get like 11 likes on a good day. I have, I have no willpower. I'm not the right person. And we think these things disqualify us. And we're just laying out the facts. The fact is, I didn't go to school. You know, that's not not me being negative. That's that's me laying out a fact. David David wasn't stronger than Goliath. Praise God. It's my little cousin right there. He he feels comfortable with me. Sometimes we're just... We're just saying the facts, right? There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. You see, but but, but Christians, Christians like to do this thing where, where we, we claim things into existence. And that might work like on a psychological level, um, but it's not really going to work on a, on a spiritual level. So let me give you an example. I was in first grade, and it was, a, it was the start of the semester. First grade, I had this teacher. My mom probably remembers pretty well. Her name, uh, her name we called her Mrs. P., because um, she had a really hard last name. I don't know what it was, so we just called her Mrs. P. And I didn't like Mrs. P. She was weird. That's why I didn't like her. She was weird. And when you're an adult, you learn how to accept people's weirdness because weirdness is relative. But when I was a kid, her weirdness freaked me out. So I, I, I didn't like her. And I dreaded going to school. I dreaded going to her class because I didn't want to see her. She was the nicest lady, but she was just weird. She was odd. The way that she dressed, the amount of makeup she wore, it was just, it, it was out of my comfort zone of normal. So I was afraid of her. And my mom, uh, she had a talk with me one day on the way to school. I think I was crying because I didn't want to go to school because I didn't like Mrs. P. And she, she gave me great advice. She said, Ryan, anytime you, you, you see Mrs. P., in the hallway or in class, and you, you're starting to think about, you know, crying, I want you to say these words to yourself out loud. Mrs. P is pretty. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Mrs. P is pretty. I actually gave that same advice to Layla. The exact same. I said, just, I want you to say Mrs. P is pretty. And she looked at me like, who's Mrs. P? Uh, but uh, but I... I said it, I remember saying it out loud. I saw her in the hallway. She, she was weird, being her weird self. And I started saying, Mrs. P is pretty. Mrs. P is pretty. Mrs. P is pretty. I said it over and over and over again until, man, one day Mrs. P was pretty. Like, I don't know what happened, you know? But like my mindset kind of just shifted and she became my favorite teacher by the end of the year. Simply by saying something, I, I began to believe it. Now, let me tell you something, though. You can't change facts about yourself simply by saying it. Can't. David didn't wake up the morning that he was going to fight Goliath, look in the mirror and said, David, you're bigger than this guy. You're stronger than he is. You're taller than he is. That's deception. Doesn't matter how many times you say it. Moses, the man with the stutter, didn't tell himself, you don't have a stutter. You don't, have a, you, you don't have a stutter. You don't have a stutter. No, he had a stutter. And if you notice, if you notice, I want you to get this. God never tells them to make a claim against the facts. He never says that. He simply tells them what they will need to succeed despite whatever the facts may be. Maybe the facts are that you have failed at everything you've attempted. Those are the facts. That doesn't mean that you're going to fail tomorrow. 
And, and so Gideon came from the weakest clan, and he was the weakest in his family. God didn't say, oh, mijo, don't say that. Don't say that you're the weakest. No, no, no. He, he, he didn't ignore the fact. He didn't say, no, Gideon, you're actually the strongest. No, 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 no. Those are the facts. What did God say? But I will be with you. That's what he said. Despite what the facts are. See, it's not that God doesn't know what the facts are. It's not, it's not that, that God, you know, he's ignoring them. They just simply become significantly irrelevant when God is on your side. You might be the weakest. You might not be the smartest. You might not be the prettiest. You might not have a track record of success, but I will be with you. That's all you need to know. God didn't give him a pet talk. He didn't say, man, you got to believe in yourself, man. You got to think better. No, he just said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be with you, though. It's okay. The facts are what the facts are, but the fact is I'm going to be with you. And this is the year, church, man, that we, we step into our new season um, and a new identity to be moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, d- despite, despite where we've been, despite where we are, that is not going to determine where we're going. And the same is true for what God has been stirring up in your life, whatever it may be. I don't know your personal goals and ambitions, and I don't know what God has been calling you to. I don't know what he's been speaking over your life. But I want to challenge you to look closer at the one fact that matters more than any other fact. And that's if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? Don't look at the past mistakes. Don't look at the past and consider yourself disqualified or, or, or at your current imperfections and think that God you know, can't do it through you. I'm wishing this church the absolute best and blessed year of your life. However God chooses to define that. I know sometimes we, we, we choose to define it differently. But whatever God wants to do, and God, believe me, he wants to do something in your life. He, he's mindful of you. He considers you a friend. He considers you his child. So he is thinking about your future. Are you thinking about what God is thinking about? And if you are, the facts of the past don't matter. The facts of where you currently are today, whatever your financial situation is, whatever education level you have, experience, that doesn't matter. God is going to take you where God wants to take you as long as you are willing. Do you believe that this morning, church? I'm going to invite you to stand. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have the worship team come up. I'm going to ask that you close your eyes this morning. And I want you just for a second, just meditate over this word. Because I know that, I know that you know what God has been tugging at your heart. I know there is something in there. And I don't know what it is. Maybe the person sitting next to you doesn't know what it is. But you know And I want to challenge you to look at the God who is bigger than any past mistake. Look at the God who is bigger than than your current situation. And if you say, God, I'm, I'm willing to take the step. 
I'm willing to go forward. I'm willing to be used in, in, in whatever capacity you, ch- you choose to use me. I'm saying yes to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right there with your head still bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to ask something we do every Sunday. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, he is, he is, maybe he, you haven't been following him for a very long time and you know who he is. You know what he's done for you. You believe in him. Sometimes belief isn't enough. You got to put your, your, your weight on it. And if you say this morning, I am going to commit my life and my heart to Jesus Christ. I want to start 2020 right. And this is the first day of the rest of my life, my eternal life. And you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you've done it before. But I'm going to ask that you just raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you right there where you're at. Just just raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus. If you want to dedicate everything to him because of what he has done for you. Amen. Amen. I see your hand, sister. Amen. Okay. If that was you, I'm just going to ask that you just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you because your son Jesus is enough for me. He is enough to cover all of my sin. And I want to walk in the promise that you have for my life. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Holy Spirit, enter me and allow me to grow in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God praise, church. Come on. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.